When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a turkey. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's pretty good. That was pretty good. That was, that was some good improv. That's uh, all right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy turkey trot to you psychos that run on this glorious day of rest. <laughs> I, I usually don't even run on Thanksgiving. Thank you, Molly. I put You're on stretchy pants. American. Yeah, and I uh, plan to eat myself into a shameful place. Hell yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I don't know if you're uh, stuffing your turkey while you're listening to us or you're taking a break from your family. But either <laughs> way, either way, we're happy you're here. Yeah. Thankful. Very thankful. Um, so up top, real quick, we have a fun update. Yeah, we do. So today, first of all, we're going to be talking about the four phases of a relationship. And when you have herpes, I think there's five phases of the relationship. <laughs> number one, meeting. Number two, stressing for a lifetime about when are you going to tell me I have herpes? And then number three, <laughs> telling them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so we're talking about, uh, we're continuing our little segment with the Getting to I Do book, specifically this phases of a relationship. But real quick, I have a disclosure update woo-hoo. Woo-hoo-hoo of uh, the big H. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like as we mentioned before, I have essentially only told people in person, um, at that time where it was like, hey, things are looking like it's gonna get physical. My pants are coming off. Yes. <laughs> things are coming off. The tour is closed. <laughs> the music is on. Because <laughs> your girl's got a good playlist. <laughs> you do have a good sex playlist. I do have a good playlist. So, um, I mean, we, we've had a couple of people, uh, asking about Eggs Benedict. And, uh, Eggs Benedict is still around. He's still on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Eggs Benedict did listen to the podcast. He did. And I, of course, did not say what it directly was about, but I did say that I had a podcast coming out. <laughs> and uh, so he listened to episode one and was like, oh, man, that was so fun. So great. <laughs> he and was then live um, texting Live you. texting, which is a little intimidating. Yeah. And then it was like, starting episode two now. <laughs> oh, are we? Okay. I'm going to go uh, ride a roller coaster for four hours uh, and check my phone into a locker. But uh, So it was interesting. Of He listened to it, obviously. Got the news. Um, and then the next time I saw him, we talked about it. But upon hearing it, he's like, oh, you're about to rip the Band-Aid off. It was real funny. Of actually, he was like, man, this Molly stuff is sad. <laughs> and then he goes, what do you got coming? <laughs> And it's like, well, I guess you clearly didn't read the description of the <laughs> podcast, which literally says Erica has herpes. But, um, and then he's like, about to rip the bandit off. And then he just goes, you just did. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, I just went, props for talking about this. Okay. That's all right. Solid reaction. Not bad. And yeah. I just was like, yeah, I didn't really know how to tell you. <laughs> so upon uh, seeing him again and uh, having some drinks and just chatting, um, it came up. And one thing he said that I found very interesting was he was like, I kind of liked that it wasn't you directly telling me to my face mm-hmm. because then I didn't have to be super concerned with how I literally was reacting to what you were saying and more I was just actually listening to what mm-hmm. you were saying. Uh which made me realize people I know that they do like the phone call move. Mm-hmm. It kind of is that thing of like, hey, let me let you know this. Give you a second to sit in it um, or do research or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I mean, he said he's cool with it. That's good. Which is pretty great. Like he kind of was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not a big deal. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice to hear because um, I had other guy friends say to me, I don't know who would listen to episode two and not be okay with it. Yeah. They were like, cause it just really comes from this like honest place and you're being very open about it. Um, 
but it's kind of that thing that I had this fear of like, obviously I get choked up sharing stories or my fears and all the rejections I've had to take, uh, that I kind of felt like it was maybe that opposite effect of like, oh shit, this is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you never know, but size so Benedict is cool. And, uh, it was, I don't know, it was really nice. It was, this is the first time I've kind of had this disclosure mm-hmm. and someone be like, all right. Yeah. I think too, what's pretty different about the podcast and like a phone call, like obviously everyone can announce over a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Just, you got herpes started podcast. Yeah. You know? Just put two episodes up where you tell people. <laughs> Um, it basically in that, like you said, of like someone just having to listen and not worry about like physically reacting. Right. The other thing that they're not having to do that before the people who were telling when you were like about to get physical, they had to make a decision in the moment if they were okay with it or not, you know? Uh, yeah. So true. they, and you know, I think they it's were like probably caught off guard. Yeah. There was quite a bit more pressure put on it. Mm-hmm. And I think in this, they could really like think about it. And Mm -hmm. decide what they wanted to do going forward. You know? And it gave them time to do some of their own homework if they wanted to. Right. Um, So I think, yeah, it it was just like, um, yeah, basically it took a bit of pressure off in a few ways. Yeah. I mean, one of the the things I always try to say is like, yeah, I'm comfortable. If you have any questions, you you can ask me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I feel like with most parts of a relationship, like, you know not even about herpes sometimes you have to kind of reiterate that to people mm-hmm. of like hey or especially i'm the type like look i don't care if it's like the worst thought or feeling or even thing you did i would rather hear it from you mm-hmm. as opposed to you lie about it yeah so it kind of i think opened the door and it kind of helped me just kind of bring my guard down completely mm-hmm. and um so that night we like talked about whatever but it was kind of vague and uh i mean it was so hard to not be like yes <laughs> when, when it was like yeah no i don't care like it kind of was just like no i want to keep seeing each other um Ooh. which was very nice felt like a win and it also felt like might ruin this podcast because <laughs> it's like oh man remember how you've been struggling that and this is uh, kind of gonna be about those struggles and uh <laughs> but i even though it's like they're okay with it and they accept it and they're like oh i still want to see where this goes and like i'm still in to date mm-hmm. um i mean there's still gonna be hurdles from there yeah so it's like okay now i'm experiencing the post acceptance hurdles yeah that still kind of exist in the herpes world like um he asked me like later another time we were hanging out he kind of was like can i ask a question i was like yeah he's like so if i went down on you can i get it on my mouth mm-hmm. and i was like he didn't listen to marv <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't listen to a marv episode yet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait no we didn't cover this directly oh okay. we just covered if it's on your mouth or like got if they're it. at the difference between the two places got it so having hsv1 it was like okay it's nearly impossible to get hsv2 from vaginally or just genitally to the mouth okay both men women uh and then hsv1 it basically is the same but it's still a possibility okay but the it's an even lower chance as opposed to us having sex and you getting it like on got it your genital area uh so he was kind of like huh well that's kind of funny now it's almost a question of like hey where would you rather get it yeah <laughs> because you can't get it in both places oh like okay. the virus manifests in one area okay so like if you get it the only way you can have both types of herpes is if you have hsv1 on your mouth cold sores mm-hmm. slash herpes because it is herpes uh and then you have hsv2 downstairs so that's the only way you can get both you have hsv1 downstairs now you can't get hsv2 downstairs so it's kind of interesting and a little bit of a like huh where would you rather have it yeah oh that's so interesting right did he say where he would rather have it no oh we kind of were both debating and then i just was like yeah and i opened up about i actually have never had a man that knew i had herpes go down on me Oh. And none of them also have asked that question. Yeah. But it's kind of this thing of like, I'm always like, I don't know if it's because of the herpes. I don't know if, you know, yeah. some men just don't really like going down or don't do it if they're like not in a relationship yeah. type situation. Uh, men are weird about it. I, some, I mean, you want to hear my summer. theory? You want to hear my real theory on it? Yeah. Dudes that love it 
are good at it. Yeah. That's why they love it. Yeah. If you're not good at it, you're not going to like doing it. Yeah. Type thing. That's true. Like when you're like, this is my move. I mean, it's your move. Find a man where that's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Right. So, but it's something that uh, I think because I hadn't had as much of a like dating and type of uh, relationship happening and then basically disclosed herpes Mm -hmm. um, that I think also it was partly maybe they just weren't comfortable enough kind of being like, hey, am I risking X, Y, Z? Right. Because also it's like a lot of people with their brain are like, oh, we wear a condom. I'm fine. Yeah. Not getting herpes on my penis. But it's like, yeah, they're almost sitting there being like, do we have to use a dental dam? Or like, (laughs) I don't know what the male dental dam thing is called, but that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it was something that's like, okay, looks like your future considering it. Yeah. <laughs> or like considering, I guess, for me. Which Wheels is, uh, are turning, eggs benedict. Yeah. But I've, no, yeah, I've never had a guy go down that knew I had herpes. Which interesting. Because interesting. Yeah. also like, if you were like, yeah, you might get a cold sore occasionally, they would probably be like, oh, okay. Yeah. They don't even really yeah. think Th- about it. Yeah. Or almost the debate of like getting it on your mouth versus getting it on your penis is kind of like, well, if I have it on my mouth, that technically means everybody knows I have Purpose, but it's like uh but yeah. they call it cold sores and no one cares right like like cold sores you could not have a cold sore outbreak and still pass along herpes which is another thing nobody knows yeah so so many people that have listened to this podcast will actually be like hey i get cold sores yeah they're like should i be telling partners and i'm like uh, i mean it's up to you but yeah. actually kind of yeah like there is a slight risk it's like well it's the same thing if you would warn someone that went to take a sip of your drink and you're like oh i feel cold sore coming don't yeah then they'll get it they'll get thing. herpes yeah <laughs> <laughs> they'll get herpes. yeah i should stop calling it cold sores you do have herpes yeah but it's funny that those people that have cold sores are basically like well nothing's ever happened i've never passed this along or like no one's ever cared even the ones that went oh i have cold sores and i would tell people yeah no one cared and they're like so for real you basically have the same thing as me but just on your vagina and people care i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) because just the fact that it's on your vagina or you know genitalia area uh, suddenly it's uh it's like a a sexual thing yeah or it's it's like suddenly it's an std as opposed to on your face it's not right (laughs) so it's like I don't know. Maybe we got to get a way to get chlamydia on the face. Some people are more <laughs> chill about it. Or something. I don't know. Ew. But uh, yeah, I guess that's all I really have for that update. Interesting. I do have to declo- disclose. I said something kind of unkind to Ex Benedict. You did. I was in um, a very emotional state. I was very hungover, and we've been sending each other stuff. Well, mostly I've been sending from uh, the egg porn hashtag. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, he said. Oh, he explained that it, looking at this like perfect eggs Benedict, he was like, and my next move would be to precisely take the egg off and put it on the side of the plate and then crack it open and dip, uh, dip my toast into the yolk. Like he did on the date. Yeah, he explained it perfectly. And I was very hungover and not in the mood for that bullshit. And so <laughs> I was How like, dare you? All I said back was Ted Bundy ate his eggs in the same way. <laughs> And he did not answer, and we haven't talked about it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Are you trying to ruin this for me, Molly? I'm sorry if you have to explain that I don't think he's Ted Bundy. Oh, shit. Wait, but- real quick. <laughs> Do you actually know this fact about Ted Bundy? No. Oh, okay. I didn't assume you did, but I was like, I didn't watch the documentary, so I was like, wait, is that covered? <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to warn me? Get out. Get out now. So I, I'm sorry that I said he ate like Ted Bundy. He's charming. <laughs> So was Ted. Oh, shit. That's how we got away with it. Oh, man. Wow. So, sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have another fun little update that we think goes into uh, this little segment we're about to do here. Of A uh, good f- uh, friend of mine and listener of the pod shared this almost, uh, I would almost call it a superstition. Okay. That they have about relationships, them and their friend group, uh, but also kind of more of a rule. Okay. So, they have a rule. They call it, don't name the puppy. Okay. okay. And what it means is, upon talking to your friends about someone you're dating, they would give the person a nickname. Okay. So no real names are used until it's officially a boyfriend. Such as Eggs Benedict. Such as Eggs Benedict. <laughs> which, he'll be Eggs Benedict forever on the spot. Yeah. But I was like, I kind of like that rule because I think it also kind of coincides with, it's like, uh, it's just the, like getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Of like... Uh, like, how long after you had a boyfriend do you think you would, like, publicly put them on, like, your social media? I think it would be a while. A while, right? Yeah. Because you, it's almost like with the naming the puppy, you feel so dumb to kind of be like, hey, I'm dating, 
so-and-so yeah and then the next time you see your friends they're like how's so-and-so you're like it's no more yeah <laughs> or is this uh, hopefully dead <laughs> yeah, hopefully dead uh but it's like this uh it's kind of like a jinx yeah you're like i too quickly was like let me i'm so excited to tell people about this person yeah whereas if you don't name the puppy it almost kind of keeps them in this like fictional world yeah it's it's like a barrier to like an emotional attachment in in some ways yeah or to me it's so embarrassing yeah tell or i've felt like with like almost any time i did do this we're like where you Mm -hmm. finally tell your friend i've like been seeing somebody it ends yeah and it's like what did i do why is it always the minute you go oh i got something going on i'm kind of excited <laughs> you're like and it left <laughs> it's, it's like yelling at a deer <laughs> like, like a deer do that a lot like you just gotta be like i got this deer in my backyard yeah i know it the deer knows it just nobody's gotta it say anything and yeah. the minute you're like hey <laughs> <it runs off. laughs> you tell someone to come look at the deer the deer is gone that's like a uh, one time we get a lot of deer up in my parents' house. They live like on an old Christmas tree farm. And my dad went to go feed feed it one time because he was so excited it was coming back. And he threw an apple to it and he hit it in the head and it ran right away. <laughs> it's like, don't feed the deer. <laughs> yeah, or don't hit him in the head with an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really see how that relates. <laughs> I'm just like naming a puppy. And feed then- <laughs> the deer. I went to feed the deer. I threw something at it. Can you believe it didn't like it? I hit it right in the head. I'm yeah. so loving. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like that. Don't name the puppy. Don't name the puppy. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, I mean, I got to admit, it's very entertaining when you're on the other side, especially the social media crazies. Oh, yeah. That it's like, you just got this boyfriend. There's way too many posts happening about the boyfriend. Oh, my God. And yeah. then, you know when they break up because the posts just abruptly stop. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh man i think i don't like all the stories do you you consider a story different than like a post like would you have Hmm. them in your story it's a little different because it's not permanent right it's only 24 hours right uh but it's like the tagging them in the story i think almost puts this pressure on like yo repost this yeah let people know you're with somebody yeah let them see my instagram come stalk me and judge who you're with yeah i got a good layout yeah exactly (laughs) Of, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about the story. I feel like a story might be a drunk slip up. You're out drinking yeah. with your, your person and, uh, yeah. they sneak in there. And you got to see how that's received. Cause like if they freak True. out, I think that's a red flag. Shady. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's something too. I be- a thousand percent believe shady behavior of you're dating someone a long time. There's no lick of them on your social media <sighs> is yeah. like, what are we trying to hide? Yeah. And I hate that. Like trying can- to hide you. Ugh, yes. And I hate that, like, comedians will try to pull this thing of, like, I'm a comedian. Like, my Instagram is for comedy things and promoting myself. It's like, fuck, fuck out of here. Yeah. Okay. Or you can't have one picture, especially someone yeah. that doesn't really have fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't let my fans down. You have 800 <laughs> followers. You have your high school and college friends following you. Yeah. Like, get what? out of here. What? Oh, your fans? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The fans are going to be real upset when they see a gal. Yeah screw off but like pictures of you and all your friends like not promo shit yeah, yeah. right like you have other social outings but you're yeah. just taking me out of the equation yeah okay fuck off you know if you have fans i can understand a little bit of this argument but yeah all right anyway. like if you're verified you get to be different yeah <laughs> you're verified <laughs> not on twitter though um <laughs> yeah but anyway okay so we're getting into this getting to what i do um basically it's the four phases of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it kind so of breaks the course of a year, right? It essentially is the course of a year because each phase is three months. So okay. four times three, Molly? Twelve. Twelve. Twelve Ooh. months in the year. How Nailed about the apples? Yeah. Suck on that math, teachers. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Take that, SATs. <laughs> 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 okay. So, all right. Real quick. A successful relationship has three components. Chemistry, compatibility, and communication Mm, the three c's three c's so chemistry is lost a shitty science (laughs) (laughs) well in addition to shitty science it's key to relationships in the fact that it is the immediate attraction to one another you can't do anything about chemistry that's true i i uh i co-sign that yeah you're either Mm -hmm. attracted to someone or you're not Mm -hmm. now the difference is for ben chemistry and and attractiveness is usually strictly physical yeah. Whereas chemistry for women can come later after getting to know someone. Yeah. 
and I think you know when a dude is like really into you when like your personalities are just like clicking so hard because it's like okay so he's like definitely physically attracted to you and now like you have this like that's a different C Molly that's that's a different different C C. this chemistry is just strictly immediate attraction to one another really and you can't do anything about it I am learning so much actually maybe this book is saying it for both people it is literally physical okay it's like the someone says hello to you in a bar and your immediate vibe and energy towards talking to them is going to basically be whether you think they're attractive or not that's fair like when you don't think they're that cute you're kind of just like oh okay you know and you're polite but it's kind of this thing that you're like i'm giving this vibe of i'm not trying to have this combo go all night yeah right okay interesting first c chemistry second c compatibility compatibility is how much you both like each other and that often involves sharing common interests enjoying the same things and having the same goals okay so that's the personality thing that yes. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, personality <laughs> yeah, in terms of your interests. Okay. Like this is kind of the uh, the argument of like opposites attract versus birds of a feather flock together. And several studies have shown that it is more common birds of a feather flock together. Really? Yeah. And I think partly this interest thing, it's like pointing out sharing common interests, but I feel even more so it's like, it's not so much you have to love the same things, but you have to hate the same things. Oh, I love bonding over hate. Well, I mean- Come on. <laughs> There's nothing like getting riled up over hating the same thing. Yeah. It's like talking shit. Yeah. When you talk shit about people, you go, oh, I don't like that guy. You don't like that guy too. Oh, what a bond. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with like, uh, you know, if someone hated basketball. Hey. I'm, ju- I'm not saying, well, Whoa. I mean, I mean, we'd kick them to the curb yeah. immediately. <laughs> they would have to exit that ball. I'd be like, have you heard of shooters got to shoot? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's something that's like, oh, someone really hated basketball that much it's like i don't know if we're gonna get over that stepping so no also my not. father will hate you yeah <laughs> you could never bring him home for sure no <laughs> no it's a basketball family yeah <laughs> it's like it's like my dad got you a 23 jersey for christmas you're part <laughs> of the gang that's like if uh, uh i brought home a guy that said they like hated golf Ooh. i think it would like i think it would really hurt my dad if like molly why'd you do this to me especially if you come at i hate it and I'm never yeah. even going to try it. Yeah. It's like, don't even bring me outside. My dad's got a, a course in the yard. Like <laughs> read the room, dude. <laughs> he made it for our grandchildren. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Make a golf with Papa. <laughs> <laughs> he already has the little clubs. Oh, okay. oh no. Oh, well, that's adorable. They're, I think they're my old. Ones. Oh man. It's yeah. like your family's got little clubs. My family's got like a little leather jacket <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Come on down. All right, uh, so the last C kind of feels like more of a, the most broad one, but communication. Mm-hmm. And that includes verbal as well as emotional communication, sex and affection, as well as spiritual communication. <laughs> communication is a key to intimacy in any situation. When problems arise in communication, negotiations and intimacy fail and give way to the intimidation and seduction. Hmm. So this one I feel like is the largest pack. So it's basically yeah. like, hey, first of all, I'm attracted to this person. Second off, ooh, I like them. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I like their personality. I like them around. And mm-hmm. then the communication is like, okay, we've had that where you're very attracted to someone or you very much like somebody and then say, like, the sex isn't compatible. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there kind of being like, okay, what part's more important? Mm. Type of thing. But it's like, this is really saying, though, that you shouldn't have to choose. That it should, someone should have it all, right? It's not saying someone should have it all. It's basically saying when problems in the communication department arise then it morphs into okay how do we it says negotiate which i mean it's a little intimidating (laughs) but but it's basically just like okay now how do we resolve this so it's almost like the first two things are all positivity and then the third is almost kind of like hey this is the area where problems will arise and then it's more about how do you handle and adjust to it got it just even the strict thing of like uh are you the type something happens are you like i gotta say something right away or you need like I, i need to take a lap bring it up later collect my thoughts kind of depends on what it is like if i I kind of but what do you naturally lean more towards i I think it depends on if i am the one who messed up and i feel like i owe an apology or if i need to like address something where like i was wronged and i think if i feel like i did something wrong i'm gonna address it right away and like just get out ahead of it Mm, okay but if i feel like i'm owed something i think that's where i'm less likely to approach it and i'll kind of like collect my thoughts like take a lap and think about it a little bit more like i I would i say something but i i spend a bit more time thinking about it Mm, okay 
but it's like uh i feel like the extreme is more the like hey we got to talk about this or the i'm gonna bottle this up and bring it up like a year later i don't bottle it up yeah i no. can't no i'm uh we got to get this out of the way now yeah probably because i'll forget <laughs> yeah and <laughs> if i do bottle it up it's gonna explode in probably like the worst way possible let me tell you so. uh, if i bring it up right now it still might explode yeah but i'm a very like this is gonna irk me and i just need yeah. to say and say what i gotta say yeah and i need to hear me out and basically like i'm the like don't go to bed angry yeah of like i can't i can't sleep on this yeah thing that's irking me so i'm gonna bring it up i'm also not a grudge person so like it's better that i like handle it address it and then it's over for me. Mm, yes. Instead of like, if I don't address it, that's when it's like spinning in my head and I'm like right. putting it away for a safe place exactly. or a better time. Yeah. You're like, and I don't, we don't need ammunition. Yeah. But and, it's and like still picking at my brain. I can speak. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, then after basically the first, uh, successful relationship, with the three components, chemistry, compatibility, and communication, mm-hmm. we have now the first year of every relationship first 12 months has mm-hmm. four distinct phases and then it compares it almost like the changes in season because mm, okay. there are four of those as well there are four <laughs> and also literally how seasons make you feel is how these phases make you feel <laughs> so it's basically claiming that every three months a crisis erupts that spins the relationship signif- significantly forward or backward i feel like crisis is a strong word i think it just means problem something happens but you know she's got a phd so okay she's got big words she gets to use them you know, she's got, she's got that thesaurus or whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> they give you one at graduation from PhD school. Yeah. <laughs> you got to use a thesaurus now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's crack down these phases. Uh, phase number one is called the perfect phase. Also, as we've addressed, honeymoon phase. Yeah. It's more commonly known to the dumb folk. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the perfect phase is the first three months. And if this phase were a season, it would be summer. So this is when you feel warm towards each other and the chemical attraction is very strong between the two of you it's hot it's pretty hot yes it's kind of also like the uh you're both bringing your best self forward yeah because there is this still uh obviously like the relationship isn't defined phase, yeah right so it's like the you both look right to one another dress right talk right and your manners are correct so like yeah. no one's farting in front of anybody yeah right everything is perfect and you've met your ideal mate okay so you got that you got that new relationship glow a little bit yeah Phase two, the imperfect phase. The perfect phase, then imperfect phase. And this occurs during the second three months. And this period is a bit like autumn. Okay. Where things start to cool down. <sighs> they get a little rocky. Woo, yeah. But this might hit you hard. Ready? Oh, God. People who have a fear of intimacy. <laughs> 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 also known as the 90-day wonders, okay. as I call them usually like to abort the relationship between the third and sixth month. So as soon as the perfect period is over, these people run off again to seek another perfect person. I think this is a lot of people in New York of, yeah. you know, just the, uh, there's just temptation all around you. So it's like, all right, like, can I do better? Like, cause I feel like this is the point where you're kind of getting to like, are we seeing other people? Do we have time to even see other people? Yeah. Man. So it's like, am I just going to hop ship? Listen, New York, I feel like is even quicker than these three month things. Yeah. Three months seems like <laughs> so like, long. That's yeah. a whole quarter. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. New York is not a 12 month breakdown. New York is a 12 week breakdown. It's yeah. Like third week. <laughs> it's yeah. like, guess what? Perfect phase over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True now, colors are out. Yeah. Now we're getting on each other's nerves <laughs> type of thing. Um, yeah. 90 days to be like, uh showing that you have intimacy issues 90 days is a long time to show it you think 90 days is a long time yeah you think three months is a long time to basically be dating somebody that you're that you're saying intimacy intimacy issues won't pop up in three months you're saying they will for sure because it's a long time i'm saying it would come up sooner than that oh you think it would yeah but intimacy you mean literally physically or just almost like a frequency of like hanging out and like being able to get close with someone hmm okay I'd agree with that. Yeah. But this, I mean, man, this is just making me nervous for all those 90 day fiance people. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like you guys are in the honeymoon uh, phase a little bit. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, they've been I mean, together they longer. they really work out, but. But, oof. but it's basically like, Hey, decide in three months if you want to marry this person. That's insane. My like, damn. That is absolutely insane. However, I feel like I've heard so many men when it comes to like, Hey, when did you know you guys, you wanted to marry that girl? It's like immediately. Oh, fuck and it's like kind of crazy though, that it's that initial chemistry yeah. that essentially will 
keep them around or even like steamboat the relationship forward. Yeah. But it's also why it's like the, you know, you go on one date with someone and you're like, meh, to the second date. Yeah. And so many people go, well, how do you know? You're like, I just know. I would, I will say, uh, after my parents went on their first date, my mom went home and called my grandma and said, I met the man I'm going to marry. That's what I'm saying. But I did that with my ex. (laughs) And, uh, you named the puppy. I named the puppy. You named the puppy. Maybe the difference was your mom didn't give a name. What nickname would Mark DeMillier have? Luck of the Irish. I met the man I'm going to marry. Let's call him Luck of the Irish. <laughs> I got the Luck of the Irish on my side. Yeah. I didn't. Fun. Anyways. All right. So third phase. Third three months make up the negotiable phase. Okay. When you and your prince face the cold, <laughs> hard facts about each other and decide whether or not you can accept the other's faults and adjust to the problems within the relationship. This is months six through nine? Yes. Okay. So this is winter. Oh. <laughs> or if you live in the New York, trimester. if you live in New York, that is month <laughs> six through twelve. Oh God, long season. Uh, you find if you are more compatible than incompatible, and that you like each other more than not, you will begin to negotiate a commitment. Okay. And then there's four primary areas which you negotiate, and we'll get into that more. But off the gate, first one is money, which is a little lot. Six months to be talking money with somebody, I think, is weird. In terms of, like, Just joint spend, finances. Yeah, it says, like, mine, yours, and ours. And it's like, whoa. There should be no hours at six months. It's like, what, what's going on? Yeah. I just got girlfriend title. Yeah, like, get out of here. Like, what, we're opening an account? That's yeah. crazy. No. I that, think, I think, is a red flag of, like, you might be taking my money, homeboy. Yeah. And, that, uh, that seems like a gold degree. Yeah. Like, on both cases. I'd be like, why yeah. are you talking about my, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly when this book was written. It's not super recent, but. <laughs> they're talking about leaving voicemails. <laughs> no, they're not this one. That's the oh, rules. Okay. I, I don't know. Because basically I didn't find many old references, but this makes me feel like it's kind of a little old. Yeah. But uh, I think the modern thing about the money part would kind of be more this um, in modern dating or obviously just with modern women. It's like we have jobs too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not this like you're picking me up from my parents' house. I have no source of income. Clearly I'm not paying for the state, right? Yeah. So. It's kind of that thing of like, uh, often with dates, it's, I feel like it's more kind of a numbers date that it's kind of like the, okay, man typically pays first date, second date, what like, but the, what yeah. we have this pressure or not pressure, but we're kind of like, yeah, we feel mad rude. Like just assuming that yeah. we're not offering or being like, yo, let me at least buy a round of drinks. Yeah. Kind of to be like, yo, I'm not here just to use you for this. Right. Is where it kind of comes from. So I think the modern thing of the money, I think would be more like, okay, I, I feel like that's pretty fair of like a lot of people once it's six months kind of is a thing that all of a sudden they're just like oh yeah we just split everything now yeah or it's the like oh they pick up one i pick up one they pick up one you know i feel like that's late for like to start the i pick up one they pick up one i think it's fair to like just start putting both cards down i almost feel like this is kind of a thing that i it's kind of in the man's court because i most women i know pretty much all of them are offering yeah. way earlier than six months yeah. to occasionally pick up something or yeah. split it or get the tip, like some, like some type of contribution. But do you feel like this book is saying that a woman shouldn't be offering nah. to do that until six months? Because I feel like that's... No, I don't think it's saying that. Okay. I think it's just more being like... I think it's more of a thing of like, hey, if you want to talk finances whatsoever, you at least got to be with somebody six months. Yeah. To like be bringing that up. But Question. I think... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say in general, I feel like talking finances actually is just more of a trust thing. Yeah. That you're not feeling like this person might be with you just for money. So you yeah. kind of are openly being like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, like I, f- I finally got a promotion, man. I was only making like, say you're like, oh, I was only making 50K. They finally bumped me. I'm at yeah. 75. And it's like, oh, congrats. But it's like it's a sick promotion. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I just I'm just trying to use an example of yeah. like a, a way that like nonchalantly someone might kind of basically tell you about their money. Yeah. Without kind of making it this big conversation. That's what I was going to say. Uh, at what point do you think you should have the conversation of like how like salaries because you know i think it's also just hard to know what people make and so kind of like are you being a mooch when someone might not have the money especially in new york because i think there's kind of like a less stigma for a lot of jobs like like if you're with a finance guy you're like oh he makes bank it's like he actually might not yeah some of them don't or they don't like it depends on their bonus yeah so some years they're like oh shit my bonus was half of what it was last year so now my total income is actually like a different bracket than what right. it was right hmm um 
but uh, people are just I, so hmm. uniquely uh it, people are just so unique when it comes to money um like some people are very weird about it other people right. like don't care yeah i think uh you know it's something that i think a lot of times it comes up quicker more of basically like hey you're the gal right you're offering to pay mm-hmm. and this almost might be a sexist thing of like the man is essentially assuming you don't make as much money as they do. Yeah. Right. Of say you got a guy that makes triple figures, say like a hundred thousand yeah. and you know, he knows you do whatever, or you're like, say like, Oh, I know you're fresh out of grad school. This is your first job out of grad school. You're probably not making triple figures. Yeah. Right. That's fair to assume. Yeah. So it might kind of be more this thing of you offering them kind of sitting there going, listen, I make good money. I got it. Yeah. I don't mind spending it on you or yeah. spending it on us per se. Right. So I think more often than not, that kind of comes up almost quicker of if one person's is making a significant amount of money that they, they feel like, I feel like I got double what you got. Yeah. And I think a way that that kind of indirectly is found out is like based on people's apartments, where they live. Yeah. Do they have a roommate? No. Like it's like, oh, you're living in Greenwich Village solo in a one bedroom and I'm in Astoria yeah. with three roommates. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I mean, I guess you probably make more money. <laughs> like, uh, I guess it's a likely thing. Or you don't have as good of friends as us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Type of thing. Or it's like, oh, maybe I'm just actually saving mad money. Ever thought about that? Yeah, that uh, could be. Who's got a savings account? Yeah. The girl's got one. How's your 401k, homeboy? Right. Uh, but in general, I mean, I, I don't feel like I would ever directly ask somebody, hey, how much money do you make? I think yeah. it is naturally something that might be discussed or in terms of like what you can afford. I, I think it only really comes up if you hit the phase of thinking about moving in together because yeah. now it becomes a question of like, okay, what is your rent budget? Like what is yeah. easy for you to afford as a monthly payment? Because a lot of couples don't feel like, hey, rent doesn't have to be a 50-50 split. Yeah. Like I know many a couples that the woman pays a little bit more money and the man pays a little bit more because they went, yeah, when we looked for a place, my budget was 1200 mm-hmm. and then their budget was 1000 mm-hmm. So we found a place that was 2200 I pay twelve, they pay 1000 Nobody's mad. No one's butthurt. It just was like, hey, this was the total budget and it was combined with us. That would bother me. That would bother you? Yeah. Not going 50-50? If, yeah, I would feel like I owed them something if I was paying less every time. But maybe that goes back to like the masculine feminine energy of like, I wouldn't. You want to be the main provider. Yeah. Because how would you feel? You pay a little more. Does that bother you that they don't, they're not splitting it? If they didn't have it, then yeah. Like, no, that wouldn't bother me. See, yeah. That just, that just means you're more masculine energy. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way of, but I don't think it would bother me, but because the example I gave is a $200 difference. Yeah. Or it would be something that I'd be like, but I would kind of be a little more self-conscious of like. Hey, I picked up toilet paper. Hey, I, you know, yeah. I got this. So, oh, hey, I cleaned. Like, I'd be then more inclined to be like, okay, what are ways I can provide that? Okay, I'm technically not splitting the rent evenly, but I'm picking up some stuff around here that's contributing yeah. to, quote, us and our space. I wouldn't feel like it was totally my space if I wasn't at least 50 50 or uh, like the really? dominant one. Yeah. Hmm. It's just so funny because I'm like, I think this is how most men feel. Really? Is they don't do I like have the a lot idea. of testosterone, do you think? No. <laughs> Actually, someone suggested that to me. They were like, yo, you and Molly should just like get a test and see if you have higher testosterone <laughs> than, than regular women. I was like, define regular women. I was like, I'm not against that idea, but that's a little bit jarring. I kind of want Yo, to. you know, it'd be great for the pod. You guys get testosterone tests. I was like, Jesus Christ. I didn't even, th- I even felt like we've been super masculine. No. Um, Damn mm. it. Okay. Da- yeah. But well, I'll call my doctor on Monday. It's so funny you say, like... I, I, that is how men feel. I think that's even how they feel of you like picking up tabs or splitting yeah. is it's almost like, hey, me paying is, is me feeling like a man in a way. Yeah. I think it really like irks guys or like throws them off when I offer to pay. Some it irks. Some I think yeah. I think the majority of them are like, hey, I appreciate the yeah. offer because they're also the type, even if they made like six times what you made. They kind of sit there and go, man, not even an offer. Like, I know I got it. Yeah. But I want a little something yeah it's kind of like uh when i'm cooking and <laughs> this is such a feminine example but like i'm a good cook yeah, right and if i'm making something song. you've never made it's like get the fuck out of my way you know but i appreciate when someone goes oh what can i do to help yeah that's yeah they're like move yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's the thing of like hey i appreciate that you're not just like kicked back, feet up, expecting me to do this. Yeah, for you. like I'm waiting on you. Yeah, it's or it's kind of I guess the coincide of like say they're paying majority of the rent and then I I'm the one that like you know 
does cleaning more often it's kind of this like hey all right i know i'm not contributing that way but i'm contributing this way so cooking would be like okay i'm cooking hey you set the table yeah or open the wine yeah give me some wine bitch (laughs) (laughs) get me drunk (laughs) mama needs a drink (laughs) i don't know i would just feel like they could leave me and keep the apartment and then i'd be homeless that would be in my head the whole time Uh, like like you'd be like you could probably afford this whole thing without me yeah Ah. like you're gonna leave me and i'm gonna be on the street corner or erica's gonna have to come get me (laughs) Uh see that's why we got to talk about the defining decade because they have a whole chapter about moving in and one of the things was like in both cases man woman it's not usually good for basically one of you to move into the other one's space oh yeah and it's not because of this thing that's basically like yo because like they could dump you and just afford it without <laughs> you and you gotta and then you're scrambling and you're back in bushwick or whatever it's i think it's just more of a like you're not gonna see it as your place because yeah. it was their place and then you came in right or it also is kind of like yo that just coincides with the commitment right mm-hmm. like you both were willing to be like let's go through the hell that is finding a new apartment mm-hmm. and packing up all our stuff and moving and it's just a very like hey this place started as ours and it is ours yeah anyway that's a side thing all right actually number two is space so what a good flow should we live at your place my place or as i suggest separately until engaged or married how do we handle big maintenance items and chores between us so i think this kind of coincides with this money thing yeah of like hey even the fact that it's like you know if you go hey i can afford a thousand they go all right i can afford 15 and then you kind of go I really would feel better if we find a place that's both of us splitting evenly. Yeah. Type of deal. Yeah. Um, but I I mean, living at your place and stuff. So this is essentially what? This is month, starting month number six. I feel like that's so soon that's to move in together and soon. be talking about like combining not even like totally finances, but assets. Because also if you're moving in together six months, now you're just planning an entire year so twice yeah. what you've already been together that's insane it's it's funny that we're even saying it's insane because like new york is the place that people move in quickly yeah partly because look if you live in different neighborhoods you know no, people don't really have cars yeah. so like to get to one another might be taking you an hour and you might be like oh i'm tired of this commute just to if, see my boyfriend yeah you'd be in the same city but it feels like distance right exactly so but then the other part is like yeah new york uh not easy to break a lease either right so you're moving in uh, that's just a lot also i mean i feel like one year together is a lot to move in yeah i feel like that's that is like very fast track that's very fast but i think maybe i don't think this is hinting at it but i do agree of like hey like i said with the money of trust i feel like this space thing is also this like kind of that thing of like yo if you've been with someone a certain amount of time and like any type of kind of future plans whether it's marriage or whether it's like oh when we live together like that mm-hmm. vague of like oh when we move in together like especially like say you're at someone's place and they're, they're like their couch is like a little old mm-hmm. and they're just like yeah i figured i'd wait till whenever we move in together to get a new one or something yeah like they're like being like i see it happening yeah and i that's think a that's good a good sign yeah. right like if someone is kind of like if you kind of bring up something of like marriage and they're just like i haven't <gasps> proposed yet <laughs> i'd be kind of like whoa whoa okay all right like, yeah what was that crazy for me to like imagine us together like longer than whatever this is right six months i think maybe a little bit yeah i think marriage is uh definitely way too soon to start talking about it in six months yeah a little too soon but i get what they're getting at especially money and space that's going to coincide if you're literally living together there's no way you're not going to be aware of the other person's finances right uh, and if you're not then you got to think about why yeah because something's probably getting covered up oh for sure um third one time my your and our time i love this how do we allocate each mm-hmm. so this is a lot of people there's many people that kind of are like hey listen now that we're moving in together i'm gonna have days where like i kind of want my own space for a few hours mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with you just to like i like to be in my own space i'm gonna like go somewhere by myself mm-hmm. or i'm gonna watch a movie by myself mm-hmm. or whatever it is um i don't know if this necessarily needs to be discussed i think it's just more of a if you feel like hey we're not spending enough time together or mm-hmm. hey i need a little alone time i feel like the alone time needs to be discussed and that Usually might be more, because yeah. i am like i think part of like me just like being an anxious person like when i go on trips with people i'll explain like hey like we're gonna be in close quarters I'm not going to want to talk to you all the time of like when we were in LA together, I was like, I need to go for a run. Yeah. It's nothing against the, 
the other person I'm with, I could be having a great time. I'm like, I just need an hour where I am by myself. Yes. Not talking to anybody, like not even really looking at my phone. Everything's just silenced. And so I think I would be a really challenging person to live with if like a conversation like that wasn't had Hmm. out in the open of like, I can't be with you a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Or I feel like the time thing, an easy way, is easy way to separate your own time would be things that like, okay, like you like to go for a run outside. Mm -hmm. My type of workout is not that workout. Mm -hmm. So it could kind of be like, Hey, when whatever workout time is happening, me, that's my time. Mm -hmm. You, that's your time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just like, all right, that's the thing that Molly does by herself because I don't like her version of it. Yeah. Type. Yeah. Game. Okay. Um, then the fourth one is play. What activities do I want to do without you? Oh, shit. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> all right. I guess. Well, I think, like I said, all four of these, I think, weave into one another. So play. Yeah. What activities do I want to do without you? And what activities do we want to do together? Well, I think this is a little bit different in that it... I think it hints more at like keeping your independence and the stuff that brought you joy when you were single and kind of makes you, you. And I think it's important to really hold on to those things even when you are in a relationship. Cause there's nothing more maddening than dating some or like being friends with somebody who can't do something without their significant other. Oh, so And like keeping your friends. Oh, cause it's also like, like someone like me, it's like, yo, I've technically been officially single for 13 years, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I very much know what it's like yeah. to be the girl that has the friend. It's like, mm-hmm. do you always have to bring your, girl, your guy friend? Yeah. I mean, not guy friend, boyfriend. Right. Like it's just like, yo, sometimes I want to have girl time. Yeah. Like, or respect my privacy of like, yeah, I love who you're dating, mm-hmm. but I don't know them the way you do. Right. Or it's like, you're probably assuming, well, whatever you tell me, I'm going to tell him anyway. I go, yeah, but I'm not comfortable being myself and telling that to your face right. with your man sitting right here. Right. Or it's almost like a way of like, hey, also, you don't get to vent about them when they're right there. Yeah, I want to know the dirty <laughs> like stuff. Like, it's kind of controlling. Yeah. That's not even the dirty thing. It's just like, how am I really supposed to, like, have your best interest and be looking out for you as a friend mm-hmm. and kind of feel like, you know, that warning of uh, we've all had women, I mean, or just friends in general that are dating someone that you're like, this person is not right for them. Yeah. And not being good to them. Yeah. But you're only going to get windows into that when they're not literally right next to them yeah and you're seeing them yeah if anything you're like you're being muted right now because this person's next to you and i could feel it yeah you feel like a control thing yeah but like you can't say anything no you can never say anything uh my but- friends chris and Allie, i think have like such a good example of a healthy relationship in that way of like we have a little like group of four girlfriends right like me Allie, bella and katie mm-hmm. and we'll put stuff on the calendars for like just the four of us but we're all super good friends with her boyfriend chris so sometimes after like a happy hour he'll join us at like nine or ten o'clock and then they'll go home together right then, reasonable yeah and then there's times where like we all hang out the five of us and like it's not weird but like she yeah. get, she's so good at still carving out the girl time mm-hmm. and that's been so so nice for like us even building a stronger friendship right you know and it's kind of the check-in yes she's like oh chris is done with dinner with his friends the cool he rose through yes and it's also like sometimes it's just appreciated that it's asked yeah as opposed to assumed and most of the time it's actually when we ask her we're like hey where's chris like is he gonna come through right and then she's like oh let me see absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah don't bring your mans around all the time because yeah. your girls will ask about it. Yeah. I don't think that happens with men, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No g- group of dudes is sitting around like, oh, where's she? Why yeah. isn't she hanging out? <laughs> I don't know. We could be a good time. Yeah. And a big thing, too, is like, what activities do we want to do with others? So almost like, hey, us as a couple, them as a couple. Mm. Like, oh, okay. Let's like an easy one is like, oh, okay, let's get dinner. Oh, and you know, let's have Molly and so-and-so join <laughs> type of thing. Um, We got to get so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. This So this phase, this uh, basically six to nine months, is when the flexibility and role behavior uh, starts happening. Like each person is fully coming out and being uniquely themselves, um, more so than the earlier phases of the relationship. And this is when the interchanging of masculine and feminine roles starts to happen. I feel like that's a long time for like... Uh, but I get what they're saying. Of I think it's it's kind of just like the more comfortable you become with that person the more you're likely to be like, hey, I don't mind taking charge sometimes now. Because you're kind of confident. But you might already be living together? No, basically I think it's, uh, you're talking about moving in. Oh, okay. And you're talking about, like... Okay. But it's like, yeah, if you're comfortable basically talking about money with someone, I think you'd be comfortable 
to basically not have to be your masculine or feminine role anymore. Like I might. I mean, I agree. I think it happens sooner. Yeah. No. Well. All right. So the last three month phase is called the commitment phase, (laughs) or the scariest phase to men. Like a new spring, this period provides new life to the relationship and is a foundation for permanence. It is at this time that you negotiate a long-term commitment, usually involving marriage. A year? Yeah, but I'm like, does this literally mean being like, yo, do we think? Do you think you're going to marry me someday? Or does this just mean, hey, marriage starts to be discussed? Because I'm like, I'm not moving in with somebody without some type of marriage talk has been happening yeah of like like that thing i said of like the mention of marriage should not be freaking you out yeah but i'm also not gonna approach that before a year right you know that's where i think i don't like this timeline yeah but i think it's kind of the i think a lot of people once they hit being about a year with someone it's more a reevaluation period that you basically are like man i've been with this person a year and i think at that point a lot of people more look at, do I think I'm going to be with this person another year? Yeah. I think you stop thinking in short terms. Yeah. Of the, oh, you know, the like the honeymoon's kind of like, we're seeing how it goes. We're having fun, blah, blah, blah. And then that second phase is like, all right, it's just you and I. We're committed. We're boyfriend, girlfriend, no, no, no. And then it's like, so that year kind of makes sense of like, okay, we've made it to a year. Because especially, uh, <laughs> like it talks about that 90-day thing of people that leave. I'm kind of a six-monther. Okay. Where around that six-month is when I kind of am like, I know if I'm going to be in this for like the long term. Yeah. That's the area where I would kind of be like, okay, I think long term, this won't work out. Do I want to get out of this now? Yeah. Which I mean, I feel like the answer should always be yes. If you aren't going to be. I mean, a lot of people don't though. I know. A lot of people almost wait till that year because it's that thing of when you combine the logic with your emotions of your like, hey, technically I'm allowed to bring this up now and not look crazy. Yeah. Whereas it's like, yo, but your gut six months ago was basically going, this ain't gonna last. Right. It's fun and they're great and you're having a great time together, but they're not at the end of the day going to give you what you want. Yeah. And well, I think that's a big thing of like, sometimes people don't break up because there wasn't like this big like, uh, like crisis or like thing that forced to break up. Like no one cheated. Like no one lied like did something wrong but it's like there's no specific reason just because something isn't like perfect you know like you really deserve something good and something where like your gut isn't telling you hey this probably isn't gonna work so like that can be your reason and i think you're okay for ending it if that is your reason oh totally you know i mean here's the thing you can end things with people for whatever reason or not really reason you want yeah because at the end of the day your subconscious is what your gut is yeah and if your gut's like something's not right Mm -hmm. or you know for a lot of people it's that timing thing Mm -hmm. maybe they're like man i i do really love this person and i would like to be with them but it might kind of be that thing of hey they don't want to get married for another say like 10 years Mm -hmm. and you might be someone that especially if you're a woman and say you want kids Mm -hmm. and you might kind of feel that biological clock ticking Mm -hmm. and you're kind of sitting there going like "Mm, my timeline for this is much shorter and i don't want to wait yeah which is fine you don't. no one has to wait for anything or you know the opposite of just i forget what the opposite is (laughs) yeah oh the biological clock that just well that's i think often why there is quote problems of the like differences between men and women it's like yeah men you got no clock i don't think women have a clock to the extent that like society tells them they have a clock it's easy to say that but it, when you look at stats of pregnancies and age, it's it's what it is. Yeah, but science is getting better all the time. Like, we're only improving in that way of, like, okay, true. so I'm 27. In 10 years when I'm 37, it's not going to be the same that it is today. The likelihood of that just isn't real. You know, that it, it'll be well, as we challenging. Know it, you know, well, I think we can make, like, pretty strong assumptions or like take some gambles at it like i don't think i i feel like for women if you're not like settled and looking at marriage and kids by 30 then people are telling you like oh your time is running up like you're drying up and i don't think that's yeah i don't i don't agree with it at 30 as well but it's kind of one of those things like i kind of look at my life or that with the time frame of i think it's also totally reasonable to kind of go hey listen if i don't have kids by this certain age i'm not going to put my body through that i'm not going to do you know say like fertility Mm -hmm. injections so it's like i understand more from that sense of women kind of being like hey 
if I have kids, I want to have it to happen at this time. I think that's a more realistic way to look at it mm-hmm. as opposed to this biological clock. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's partly because of that society thing. And I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but it's, it's kind of that thing of like, unfortunately though, men can have a kid forever and women cannot. So even if the age gets bumped, say the age right now of the geriatric pregnancy, like we mentioned previously mm-hmm. is 35. Say it gets bumped to 45. Okay, but here's the thing. Men still till they're dead yeah. can impregnate a woman. And and it's like we don't we don't have that luxury. Yeah. So it's like, all right, say the age gets bumped. Okay, well then it's gonna be okay, now at forty is when women are like, Oh, my biological clock is ticking as mm-hmm. opposed to thirty. But it's I it's just something that I'm like, I think it's not reason it's not unreasonable for you to feel either way. And I very much try to date as if I don't have a biological clock. Mm-hmm. Cause I would rather essentially end up with someone married and not have children and it be the right person and who I truly loved and truly mm-hmm. was compatible with. And it was everything I ever wanted except for children. Mm-hmm. I would rather have that than essentially quote settle and be with someone that you just go, well, this was the best I could get in the timeline that I had in mind. And you have babies with that person and you're like, okay, it's not the dream partner I wanted, Mm -hmm. but Oh, I got the dream children out of it. See, I look at it as like, and this might be where I am more (laughs) of a masculine (laughs) energy of like, okay. So if I do like feed into society telling me there's a biological clock and I need to like do all these things by this amount of time, get married, have kids by like 30, 32. Mm -hmm. It's like professionally, I probably will not accomplish what I could accomplish if I put it off a few more years of like, what more can I achieve for myself? And what more can I build as an individual if I'm single for longer and not like giving more of myself, my energy to another person? Right. I mean, that's kind of why often guys I know that end up with women. And then it's this thing of like, they start to have that clock and almost this like pressure thing on the Mm -hmm. men. I hate to say this, but it's often women that don't have a career passion. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, children are about to be your new passion, which yeah. there is absolutely nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with that. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, if they were in more of a position that was like, hey, I'm climbing this corporate ladder. And, you know, as much as we're trying to make strides towards like, hey, being on maternity leave shouldn't essentially put you at a disadvantage for mm-hmm. getting that promotion. Well, it fucking does. Yeah. You're like, not at work for Let's be real. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like it indirectly kind of puts you behind or it, it's that whole thing of the impression of like, you haven't been here working hard. You just got back and we're going to give you more responsibility. Yeah. It's like, I kind of understand the, like the other side of that. That's yeah. not the maternal side. And I mean, we might be making some women here furious, but is what it is. Yeah. That it's, you know, it's that thing of like, Hey, you can dress quote like a whore, but you shouldn't be surprised when people actually, this is a terrible, <laughs> 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 I saw where this is going. Oh man, I don't like this comparison I just yeah. made. Um but it's like okay. Back up. Anyway. Uh I mean, I would strongly encourage women to try to date as if they don't have a biological clock. Almost yeah. like quote, like men. Yeah. But what is sad is uh, you know, especially if you're like yearly doing checkups and stuff, you kinda might have someone that's like, Hey, you know, you have maybe some sort of like uh, like a heart-shaped uterus is a thing that like mm-hmm. might make it harder for you to have children and they're like okay so you already you already have it hard at even if you were trying to get pregnant at 25 yeah. so okay at 35 it might just be like more difficult yeah but i mean i think i also don't really date like i have a biological clock because i've always kind of wanted to adopt kids anyway yeah so it's like all right oh hey say it happens at 40 if i adopt a five-year-old it's like i had it at 35 <laughs> beating the system hey (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this is gonna sound so shitty and i feel like i was born without like the maternal bone but i'm like if i like sped up what i was doing and was dating like i had a biological clock and on a timeline like this book says i feel like i would have a kid and i would resent it so much you'd resent it because you felt like it held back your career yeah I mean, we say that, but it's also like we don't know what a mother's love truly is because we don't have babies. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I just or, I, I would be disappointed in myself and feel like I let myself down. And even like in my parents in a lot of ways of like how much they put into like me getting an education and having this great career. And huh. I yeah, I feel like I just wouldn't accomplish the things that I set out to do. I feel like that's similar to I don't want to say when a man convinces a woman to stay home instead of continue their career yeah but in terms of like look especially new york city's like child care is expensive yeah so it's like a lot of times it's like okay say you made i don't know fifty thousand a year mm-hmm. and you're having a baby and say your significant other makes 100k right if you sit there and calculate it and you go okay so basically if i continue working and you continue working we're going to be spending fifty thousand dollars a year 
on paying someone else to watch our children. Yeah, so it's like so you're basically like, work. well, a lot of times people go, oh, well, then we would rather have you be with them. Yeah. And it's not saying that like the man convinced the woman to quit her career, but it's kind of that thing of like, okay, well, she gave up the career to basically be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And it's like, even that is something that, you know, then your kids are grown and then they're off and then say it's hard to get back in the workforce. You might kind of have this slight regret yeah. of like, damn, I left it. And now it feels like I can't get back. Or in terms of like when you divorce... And then the man bitches of like, why do I got to pay alimony? It's like, because we, as a we, decided that I was going to quit my job. Yeah. It's like the quitting the job and career thing was our decision. Mm -hmm. And you basically said you were going to provide for me and give me a roof over my head. So it's like, it can't be expected that immediately I'm going to be able to go out there and get those things when the workforce is significantly competitive. Yeah. Or also it's like, oh, I'm still being the caretaker during the day. So yeah. when when am I even going to have time to interview when I'm the one watching the babies and I have no income to pay someone else to watch them? Yeah. Like, come on. It's a tricky game. All right. Well, we got to wrap up this yeah. uh, episode here. Anyway, uh, guys, message in. I don't know. Any thoughts? Any questions you have? Also, any suggestions you have? If there's anything that kind of correlated to this topic that you're like, hey, you guys should look into this book or, yeah. you know, this TED Talk, whatever. We're, in, we're into everything. We're down to break it down. On the podcast. And if you guys uh, have any thoughts on any of these phases and specifically the timelines, I think we really like we're interested in. So uh, just let us know. Yeah. Especially like we always say, there technically are no rules. Yeah. Rules is there are no rules. Yeah. All right. Well, follow the podcast at Shoes Gotta Shoot Pod on Instagram. And I'm at Sparica. And I'm at The Guacamole. Leave us a rating. Woo. And enjoy your Thanksgiving, guys. All right. This has been The Kitty's Titties. Good night.